Thank you for joining us, everyone, for another edition of Creatives Chat, Episode 25, Part 2, The After Show, featuring Don Spiegelberg. Join us as we chat about who knows what. We shall begin our show now. Streaming from Retro Earth Studio and brought to you by WeAreHistorically.com. Conscious Human Apparel and Learn to play jazz piano like a pro by a pro with Jazz Piano Pro Essentials at jazzpianopro.com And welcome to another episode of Creative's Chat. Hi, I'm Rusty. I'm Peter. Oh, Man, Rusty, we have Don Spiegelberg, a heart coherence coach, a fencer, an overround healer who helps people awaken and tap into their life purpose, all while healing them and helping them really heal themselves. I'm super excited to have her on today. She's the host of Live by Heart today, along with Wendy R. Wolf. So let's get to it, Rusty. I'll bring her up to the front. Have a great show. Everybody, meet Don. How do we really change this world generationally? You're describing epigenetics. Yeah. Right? The ep- the epis. The, um, Joe Dispenza, what's the name of his company? Ep- epi something, right? He's, he's tied into it. It's because the environment has a huge influence on, right? That's, that's the cause of the effect yeah. that we get. So if you take a hydrogen atom, which is the initial atom that existed, right? Hydrogen. It has one electron and one proton, one neutron. How do you get the next one? How do you get helium? Well, you add energy to it. All you do is add energy. And depending on the amount of energy, you get a different atom. So the the energy comes from, not within, it it comes from the outside. Mm. And that's true. They've done studies on how the body develops in utero. So... How do you get from a stem cell to this organized being with eye cells and muscle cells and the digestive tract? It's epigenetics. If if there's a stem cell between these two cells, right? And this cell has decided it's going to be a bone and this cell has decided to be a muscle because of the interaction, the Hmm. cell in the middle has to be a tendon. Because yeah. of the environment, right? Yeah. So it, it, it's the epi part of, mm. of how we are. I love it. Yeah. Love so it. You're talking about epi mimetics, epi, epi spirituality, <laughs> right? Epi- well, it's true. Everything comes down to that point of the energy state. And it's also, I guess you could say, you can raise your own or as it's always often said you know you raise your vibration you know by adding more energy and investment focus yes into you know the truth quote unquote you know that the spiritual and tangible aspects because it's right there as you said earlier you know like everything again comes from the energetic level first and it's really fascinating because you know i know you know with fencing you know you're you're an athlete you understand that aspect of you know when we have physical injuries you're having too much force and energy to that muscle or tendon or ligament that it can't 
contain that energy and then it, it pops, yeah. it strains, it rips. So in order to increase our spiritual capacity, what are some of the things you recommend for your clients? <laughs> well, it's all about alignment. Yeah. So if, if we go to the example you used where too much force on a particular uh, muscle bone, yeah. right? Too much force. on The truth is that for every muscle that does an action, right? I bend my elbow. There's another muscle that does the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Levers and pulleys. Levers and pulleys. So <laughs> if there's too much force on one set of muscles, then you have to ask the question, well, what's happening with the opposing set? Mm. Right? Is it a compressive mm. force? Did I just reach for my coffee cup? Uh, a man told me once he was taking a shower and he tried to wash his foot and he herniated his back. Oh, wow. Or no, he was washing yeah. his knee. Excuse me. He was washing his knee, right? <laughs> he lifted up his knee to wash it and he herniated his back. So here's wow. the thing. He wasn't in, he wasn't in balance. He wasn't in alignment. If yeah. just by lifting his knee, it caused a problem somewhere. Does that make yeah. sense? Oh yeah, yeah. So in working with people, we look to see where they feel balanced. So I mm. might ask, um, do you know what your life purpose is? Do you know what you're here to do? And a lot of people say no. Yeah. Right? A lot of people yeah. say no. And then I'll, and then of course I'll ask, well, do you think you have a purpose? Right? And that also can open a, a can of worms. So um, helping someone, uh, it's, it's like the difference between all the massage therapists in Washington state means that I don't have to tell somebody what massage is because it's kind of, it's, it's a known thing. People yeah. know about it. People have gotten it or not gotten it or their friends have told them about it. So I don't yeah. have to tell them what it is. Right. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to spirituality, a lot, a lot of people don't know what spirituality is. Right. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people don't know that there are, there are physical examples of spirituality everywhere. Yeah. There's an example of faith. Every day, there are multiple hmm. examples of faith. Peter, when you sat down in your chair, when you looked at your chair, you had faith that would hold you up, didn't you? <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. But your faith means nothing unless you sit your butt in the chair. Yeah. So once you sit in the chair, then that's where the belief comes in because the belief comes from the experience mm. that the chair will hold you up. And of course, it's a surprise if suddenly one of the legs of the chair breaks because you sit down expecting faith. You have the faith that the chair is going to hold you up because yeah. if you didn't, you wouldn't sit in it, right? Or you would sit in it with your feet still, still touching the floor right? Really carefully. All gingerly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Every day you go out in your car, you get in your car expecting it's going to start. Yeah. That's faith. It will start, but mm. it means nothing until you put the key in and turn, turn the ignition. Yeah. And then it does start. And then that's how you believe, Oh, it's going to start now. So every day people have faith every day. People believe things, um, but they say they're not religious. Okay. But you live every moment on faith. When you wake up, you're awake. You get dressed. Mm -hmm. How do you know that you're going to wake up? 
right? Oh, yeah. You have food in the refrigerator. You close the door. You expect the refrigerator will stay cold, and, uh, right? And, and that the electricity yeah. will continue running. I love that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we live every moment by faith. Mm. We just don't realize it because we take the physical world for granted, which you and I know is actually an illusion. Yeah. And we, well, it's funny too, because it's a little bit of a paradox, you know, it's such, we take it for granted. Yeah. Yet we also invest ourselves fully and immerse ourselves fully in it as if it's the only thing yet, as you were just explaining, you know, in that sense of the faith and the, the knowing through experience, like experiential knowledge is that highest form. And I guess you could say when we assert that faith and trust within our own power of creation and really changing our situation, I find that's the real switch of spirituality. It's that accountability factor. Mm. When you start to see that, oh, I'm not just the victim. It's not just this against me. It's not the world. It's, it's actually really funny because it's almost like the rebellious you know, it's the rebellious child or, you it's know, exactly the, like that. Because, you know, I don't feel like the universe loves me. It's trying to yeah. pick on me versus yeah. us recognizing that it's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Being responsible, the accountability concept again, where we then take the reins on that horse. It's like, all right, let's get back on that trail. <laughs> and that, you know, that's really hard for people because this goes this goes back to the violin. When I pluck the A string, the A string on the other side of the room also vibrates. Yeah. If I'm looking for trouble, I'm going to find trouble. Yeah. Right? If I see the world as really messed up, I'm going to see all the things that are messed up by the world because mm. I'm vibrating at that frequency. Mm. And people don't realize that they can change that frequency. And that's how we start it. By shifting our perception, we get yeah. out of the level of the problem in order to solve the problem. Uh, who said the, the thinking at the level of the problem is not the thinking that will solve the problem? Facts. By Albert Einstein, he said, we cannot solve our problems with the same level of thinking that created them. Beautiful. Mm. Yeah. You just feel that's the truth because you know, it's the yeah. exact same concept. Yeah. Well, it's like the, I like to almost say it's like the mind, the imagination is finite. That's one of the reasons why in that spiritual path, so many people can make up these illusions and dreams of what they think these things are. What is awakening going to be? What is that going to be? What's enlightenment going to be? What's bliss going to be? And they create this whole drama and theme. And it's like, just do the searching, just question things, just sit, be, and, and see oh. for yourself. You so... don't have to guess. <laughs> Peter, you're talking right now about the difference between someone being it and talking about it. What is it going to be like? What is it? And, and okay, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to go out <laughs> on a limb here. Let's do it. That's the difference. That's the sole difference mm. between actually finding it and not, because if you're thinking True. about finding it, and if you're, if you're asking about finding it, you're mm -hmm. you're resisting the being which is which is having found it yeah the opportunity for it to kind of well it's actually fascinating because you think about it kind of like pouring like water you know I, I very much feel you know in those moments of like just 
divine flow. Everything's just vibing. It's, you know, it's almost as if you're in a, underneath a waterfall in a little exactly. shower and you feel it flow into you. And I think it's, that's the, that's the tension that so many people in our society are in. And again, it's because all those external stressors, the boss or the bear in the room or the forest, you know, yes, it yes. creates that point where you're so contracted. You just never give yourself the opportunity just to, because the moment you let go, it's like, oh, it's like the life comes back into you. And that's, that's very, the renewing energy. Yeah, they're yeah. so tapped, right? All their energy reserves are dumped because of the stress. Yeah. Oh, and it's just the thing that's so sad, I guess, for me, and where it's, you know, I always try to see like the compassionate aspect behind it all because it's like you're making it so much harder than it is. Just, just don't do so much doing, just be, just literally yes. just be. And because yeah. again, when we, when we forget that point of the duality, you know, you have the fear. And then you have like the doing all in that same type mm -hmm. of category. And it's mm -hmm. like, but that love and the being and the openness, like it's where we're, it's, it's in truth, it's our truest path of least resistance, mm -hmm. but we created so many hurdles that we think that it's, Oh no, I got to go through the rock. I got to go through yeah. the valley. The water can't flow upstream. It's like, what are you talking about? Just, just be, just pivot, just pivot it and just relax. <laughs> You're describing what the Buddha calls, it talks about in the four noble truths. So mm. the first noble truth is recognizing that there's suffering. And people don't understand what that means, but you're describing it. Suffering yeah. is your inability to switch out of fear into love. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Acknowledge oh, yeah. that you can't do it on your own because that's your physiology. Mm. And yeah. in Christianity, they say you're born a sinner. What do they really mean by that? You're born with senses that send information to your brain that yeah. is constantly deciding whether you should be in fear or whether you're in love, right? It, it's designed that way. Yeah. Ooh, let's take that to the next level because in the design of it, yeah. And this is how this is how I like to interpret, you know, Adam and Eve, you know, in that original or like mm -hmm. the eating of the apple of knowledge. It's just like, okay, well, you were given the apple of knowledge. Well, to know things, we have to be able to perceive things. And again, yes. that's where the vessel comes in. So the internal dialogue is largely derived from the ego. Or, you know, again, the I call it the feedback of the body. And when you identify with that feedback you identify with its number one source of i guess you would say the derivative of the ego itself which is separation yes or, or exactly fear. and exactly. that's the thing right there where it's it's such a subtle shift but it's like mm -hmm. it's i always like to tell people you know you got to be a little crazy for spirituality because you have to kind of understand paradoxes and be able to recognize the different patterns and realize like oh wow that's pretty funny there's a divine irony in, in comedy and everything <laughs> or like comical nature and everything it's like oh in order to get back to the source alignment, the creator alignment, and allow your true soul to shine, you have to separate yourself from separation itself. And it's like, Which is, oh, why didn't I think of it? You know, but yes. it's like, it's just a funny joke. It's just like a corny, like, uh, like uh, I guess you'd almost say like a pun or like a dad joke or something mm -hmm. like that, where it's like, oh my gosh, that's how I know that there's a creator out there because this is hilarious. I've been resisting resistance. <laughs> But it's the yeah. sign I needed to actually do it. Like, yes, oh. yep, you're absolutely right. And I think of it, you know, in Eastern cultures, they have the yin yang symbol, right? Mm. Yeah. 
And when people see the yin-yang symbol, they're always seeing white and black, white and black. Mm. Um, but we live in a world where things are supposed to move, right? There, there isn't stasis. And even at the moment of stasis, like even at the moment of your death, then your body is, is being taken up to be reused again. Yeah, right? It's really amazing. Yeah. So the yin-yang symbol, people look at it in a static way, but it's actually supposed to be moving. So I've yeah. cut them out and put them on a pencil and I've said to people, okay, I've spun it. What do you see now? Ooh. This is the yin-yang symbol. See it in motion. And it completely yeah. changes their understanding, right? So yeah. it's humanity that stops things, right? We analyze oh. it. We, we, we draw it with a black side and a white side. And that's the Thomas Young experiment yes, where we're, so we're collapsing the wave function and we're only seeing the illusion. We're not seeing yeah. the whole picture. We're not mm. seeing it in movement. Mm. We're not seeing the whole thing, that it's actually a circle. That was beautiful. I love that. Well, it, it just goes to the point where we overlook the subtleties that life's always presenting us. You know, it's like, how many times do people say that? Oh my gosh, I can't wait for this to happen. It's been three minutes, but it yeah. feels like an eternity or just, oh yeah. my gosh, time flew by. Time is arbitrary. All of these things are just based upon perception. Mm -hmm. And when this is where I like to call it, you know, you're playing life, the spiritual development's almost like you're playing a video game because yeah, we're all on the same map or world, so to speak. But when you remove those veils of misconception or misperception, you start to see things differently. Oh, yeah. And, and, and it's like you're in a whole new world, but it, you just unlock different layers and aspects to it. And that's one of the things for me, it's always really encouraging. It's like, because it's an exponential thing, like the first steps in spirituality are always the hardest. Because it's like you're trying to get those, like the baby Buddhahood, you're trying to get your feet under yourself. Yeah. You know, but once you really start walking and going, it's just that deep exploration and you can take it to the moon wherever you want to go. Mm -hmm. And it just has, I guess what I'd say is you just have to really learn to let go. Mm. Like, because what you said earlier about like the suffering, it's expectations lead to suffering. Mm -hmm. Assumptions lead to judgments. All those things are just blinders that, that hinder you from truly experiencing this world. Mm -hmm. when so Peter, when you say let go, Describe that a little bit because, you know, that phrase is everywhere. I grew up with it. True. Let go and let God, right? What, what would you say is a letting go or what would you say is surrender? Surrender is another great word. Ooh, I like surrender. Right? People don't talk about what you're surrendering or what you're letting go. Um, that's a great question. Turning the tables. No, um, I would say to me, let go means truly seeing something for what it is mm. it's not putting the subjective oh they did that to me it's this to that it's trying to take a step back and it's parallels with the fencing you're you know you're thinking about it like chess moves you're trying to see yes. everything for the process that it plays and i don't see anything in this world happening without it unless it's trying to teach me a lesson which is why it happened in my eyes mm. so mm. when i see let go it's that true meaning of you know forgive and forget but the key thing that people forget with that is it's not, no, it's learn, forgive, and then forget. Uh, so it's, you have to really learn and identify something. And the moment you can recognize that, then it's like, oh, okay. I could have done something different. They could have done something different. Whole situation could have been changed and evolved in a different way. And then for myself, then it's just 
it's self-love as I see it yeah. to, to forgive and let go because it's funny how you said like people are the only ones that like the world is open. And it's always flowing. We just want to hold on to things, uh-huh. you know, it's like, <laughs> but that's the important part of the self-love. It's like, if I, it's, I always try to treat everything like that, like a hot pan, like I'm not going to hold on to this hot pan. If it's burning my hand, I'm going to let it go. But we don't do this for the things that we have that resistance intention for. So in that process of learning, forgiving and letting go, there's no point holding on to something that you've already learned from. You know, when you learn a new piece of information, we don't hold on to that old one too. We naturally let it go. So that's kind of what I mean by letting go is that, you know, you're just, it's that process of growth and healing ultimately. And it's how you level up like with each day, with each moment, you know, I remember I used to be super aggressive on the road, but, and from that, like it's been a while, but since all those recognitions happened in those moments, I was like, why am I getting so worked up over this? then it became a point of kind of giving a person a blessing. If I started to experience those things where they cut someone off, right. I was like, I was like, wow, I really hope that they stay safe and they don't harm someone or themselves. And like, yes. and the moment it started to translate to that perspective of it, nothing. Whole new game. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. How would you explain surrender? That's what uh, I'm curious about. Cause that's yeah. like, I feel like your preferred term for that. Well, you know, Deepak Chopra said, Um, between stimulus and response, there Mm. is a moment. And all too often, we don't Mm. feel like there is a moment at all. Something happens in our field of vision or our hearing or perception, and boom, we react. Mm. But the truth is there is a moment. And the moment we, we we can shift and start paying more attention to that moment and when we hold the moment, when we elongate the moment, yeah. that's when we're able to make a choice. So I think surrender has to do with shifting out of this idea of I'm a victim. Things are coming to me and I have to react to them. Ooh. Right? We change that. Things are coming to yeah. me and I can take the moment to choose how to respond. And there it is. You're choosing, do I choose to resist this or do I choose to, you know, love it or uh, learn from it? Mm. I love that because it it boils back to that point of, are you going to be open to perceive Mm. or are you going to close yourself off? Mm -hmm. And this is ego. Yeah. Entirely. Yeah, the the ego is what perpetuates our idea of ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So if I if I think you've offended me, why would I think that? Because you touched on something that doesn't perpetuate my idea of who I think I am. Yeah, that identity. <laughs> it's the identity. So I think we need to surrender our identity and replace it with the truth. Mm. And you don't need to, and the thing is about that is that, again, I think the, the mind will always want to kind of run in, well, what do I replace it with? What do I need to do this? But it's like, yeah. no, it's, it's letting go even that. It's, exactly. it's, it's just letting everything be as it's supposed to be. And I think that's the fascinating thing that you touched up on in that sense is so many people are caught up in the reaction. And it's a word I like, I, the moment you said it, I wrote it down and just underlined it because it's that reactionary state that survival mode that less that the lesser vibration reaction is the consistent just knee-jerk oh i'm just gonna do it 
versus taking a breath. And I find it's one of the teachings that I give is like, take a breath and just reflect upon all the things you know, or, you know, you can use a saying, you know, one of my students is, and she actually off the coin it, Danielle, shout out to you. One of my first meditation students was, I always try to point people towards something that they'll remember to kind of bring them back to the states that we're having, like in these types of discourses, yes. where it's a conversation on this higher level and you can recognize things you're more open and love. And hers was see it for what it is because mm. for her family, it was very caught up in the shame aspect yeah, and, and just like that conditioning and just generational history of that concept. And that was her liberating key. It was her, it was her protective bubble and all the chaos and it always came through with the breath. So I always yes. try to encourage people. It's like when you build that breath, you create that space from that immediate reaction that just wants to kind of contract and constrict things to that flow. And this is the unified wholeness of coherence. Yes. You just described it. We leverage breath, right? We leverage mm. lots of things to get there. But that's Ooh. living by heart. Beautifully said, Peter. Oh, thank you. No, you practice coherence and you don't even talk about it that much. Right? Don't even know. Just, yeah. <laughs> just It's beautiful. Hello. What's up, Rusty? I got three pages of notes here. Talk about a discourse. You were kidding, Peter. You guys are, I don't know if it's high level or deep level. Can you be both at the same time? <laughs> high level conversation at a very like, deep, intimate level here. Well, and that's the interesting thing right there, because, you know, for people that don't believe in, you know, we've talked about, you know, the deeper concepts of whatever you want to call God, the creator, the primordial source, energy, consciousness, whatever you want to determine or see it as it related with. This is one of those concepts where it really comes back into the, the aspect of magic, where it's yes. people that don't believe in hexes and, you know, the whole origin of magic. Like, What's a hex? What's magic? or black magic or white magic. It's just, it's manipulating your environment and create and willing your will upon others. You know, mm -hmm. it's using vibration, sound, again, sight, hearing, and creating, you know, your own vision or illusion for someone else. Yes. Hypnotism, things like that. Yeah. And that's the exact same thing right there with the media is that it's this message of fear, 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 that people are ignoring the actual science that's come out on it that go to show you, especially in like sunny places that the coronavirus has a half-life of less than 90 seconds when it's above 70 degrees and it's in sunlight with like 20% humidity. Yes. It's even shorter, the higher you go. And it's like, you know, we're out of summer and fall. It's for a lot of people. I remember telling them that for the first time and they were, they were shocked. Yes. They were confused because everything that they had been hearing wasn't this. And you could either see that they reacted to it and got really tense and closed off mm -hmm. or they were like oh i needed to hear that and they just kind of like relax and we're just like taking their mask off and just hanging out in the sun and it's like and that right there is a mass spell that people don't want to understand that it's like that's basic stuff yeah that's just because it's using our powers of self-creation and manifestation against yes. us yes I, I mean i i get that like we're already uh stressed out just in our own personal life and then you throw yeah. the external on top of it if you don't have a spiritual practice you know it's only going to compound the problem because 
as you said, most of the problems are all horizontal and all, and a lot of the solutions are all vertical. <laughs> yes. And, and, and this is the live by heart solution because you don't have to be spiritual in order to attain unified wholeness. Oof. Okay. Elaborate on that. I think our viewers, I think some ears just perked up. Unified, unified wholeness is the idea of alignment. So we can be in physical alignment and then we stand up out of the chair, right? And, and we, we were successfully aligning ourselves and using the musculature to stand up. Mm. So um, when we also align our mind and the thoughts in our mind, then, then we, we are able to attain a wholeness mentally and the connection of our mind and body and then the spirit and the spirit is that which animates us the spirit um can also be what we believe Mm. so someone doesn't have to be religious in order to have a belief system they believe their car is going to start they believe they're going to wake up tomorrow morning they believe they're married and the right and they have a spouse in the house right there are all these beliefs And when our body is aligned with good position or posture, when our mind is aligned with what we value, and when our beliefs are aligned with the truth, then we experience unified wholeness. Mm, Got it. I love it. It sounds really simple. (laughs) Well, I think it comes back into tapping into your own powers. Like yes. fundamentally, it's, well, and it's. I think that's also part of the cosmic humor, as you guys were talking about er, uh, earlier. Like, there, there's a cosmic joke. I think we as humans overcomplicate our life situations, and you know, and yeah. if, we, if it, it can be simplified tremendously. Well, I think most of it too. Again, it, it all comes down to self-created issues, and when mm-hmm. you compare yourself and hold yourself in that false idolization of you know, I should be like them. I should be like that. I should be like this thing. Why isn't my life like theirs or this? You're not coming into understanding your own uniqueness. Yes. And that's judgment. And that's comparing and contrasting, which is um, collapsing the wave function. And it's not seeing the whole picture. And, and so now uh, you're not seeing the whole truth. You're only seeing illusion. Yeah, you're bringing it back down to that particle level rather than the wave concept. Yes. But that's the beauty of it. Because you have to actually, I think that's the thing right there, is using your own powers and abilities to create the world you want for yourself. That's why it's yours. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting one. Yes, it is. Before we wrap this up, Peter, you got any last questions for Don? Well, I would say, I guess one question that I have for you, Don, is how do you utilize your power and your uniqueness to really take the reins on that horse and guide it to where you want to go? Uh, um, So loaded question. (laughs) Yeah, that's a beautiful question. It really is. And, And the truth is I can come back to answering it using the law of cause and effect. Yeah. So for, for every effect that exists, there is a cause. And if someone were to 
poke around and, and look at my life on social media, come to my home, what they'll see is the answer to your question. They'll see the love and, and unified wholeness of my family. They'll see mm. the Live by Heart Today show. Yeah. And they'll see how we work together. If they come to my office and get an appointment, they'll see how they can experience unified wholeness for themselves. Because mm. uh, this is my magic power. This is the gift that was given to me. It is to perceive things that might be considered miraculous and then explain how they work and then apply how that works to individuals yeah. who are seeking support. Mm. Mm, I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's well, phenomenal. It's, it's transforming, and you know, I guess you don't want to say it's the it's being able to help others transform themselves. So it's almost just like a like a divine alchemist, just helping them rearrange their own issues and problems and it, like concepts in life to realign and heal. Yeah. It's like it's the most. I love it because it's like the massage therapy aspect, realigning things on the physical, emotional, or like the mental mm -hmm. mind and the spiritual, especially. Because then again, using it and treating it like the cohesive unit it is. Oh, yeah. I love it! I love it. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Of course, of course. I, I got a last question for Don as well. We were talking about purpose uh, earlier, and so yes. what? Mm. What is your divine purpose? Ah, my divine purpose is to summon humanity to higher states of health and consciousness. Okay, that is very clear. Yeah. <laughs> and the, me the mechanism that I use has um, developed over the years. So for a while, I um, was teaching fencing and working with a, a, a collegiate comp a competitive fencing team. And I was summoning them to higher states of consciousness while they were fencing. I was helping them manage how to get their schoolwork done and be athletes, right? I was helping them align their bodies, which helped align them, their neurology, which made them better students, right? There, there was a lot of support yeah. there. And then I shifted and became a body worker. And mm. massage therapy is one side of the coin. Massage therapy releases tense muscles. Uh, but but um, personal training uh, turns on the opposing muscles that may not be working well enough. So yeah. I, I balanced the two of those. And then there's heart coherence, which brings them all into alignment by helping someone understand what they value with their mind, helping them with their body alignment and then bringing their beliefs into alignment with who they are. And on this path, they then are able to see more clearly mm -hmm. their life purpose. And by helping them do that, I live my life purpose. So it's cause and effect. <laughs> How long ago uh, did you become aware of what your purpose is? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, my oldest was Love a toddler, it. so it was at least 13 years ago that it was very, very clear. Yeah. I had been, um, I was running and my son was old enough to be in a stroller and one night he was teething and so I was up with him and we didn't get a lot of sleep, you know, because I was rocking him and, and trying to help him relax so he could get sleep. 
So I didn't run the next morning because we ended up having to sleep in, right? Because we were tired. And so I thought, oh, well, I'll go running this afternoon. You know, he'll have his nap between this time and this time, and then we'll go for a run. But a neighbor called me and said, oh, her shoulder was really bothering her. She had been pulling weeds and um, she's an elderly woman. And so instead of going for a run again, I, I treated my uh, client and I had a phone call with a business coach at the time. And she said, mm-hmm. how can I serve you? And I said, I didn't get a run in yesterday and I'm really upset about it. And she said, one question, how did that serve you? And I was like, what, how did not running serve me? I don't get it. She said, yes, you didn't go for a run yesterday. How did that serve you? And it really caused me to see that my whole life has been in service to other people. I was helping my child because Mm. he was teething and had a difficult night. I helped my neighbor. And when I, after that question, I looked at everything I had done and I saw everything I do, I choose to serve other people first. Mm. My run wasn't that important. I knew I could run it some other time, even though I was upset about not running and that really helped me to see oh i'm not just serving other people i'm helping them live their life purpose i'm helping them move forward in their life purpose so it was one simple question how did that serve you wow profound very profound yeah was there anything you want to say before he goes oh thanks for coming on the show i loved it we'll definitely have to have you on again Get another big chat. You're absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much. Real recognizes real. It's a mutual thing. Oh, you're good. I love that. Real recognizes real. Oh, all right. You take care. (laughs) Thank you. Hold the outro. (laughs) You guys are awesome. That concludes this episode of Creatives Chat. Thank you for watching. Join us every Thursday at 3.33 p.m. Pacific Daily Time as creative minds get together and chat about who knows what. View more episodes on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks again to our sponsors for making this show possible. Thank you, LoyaltyGutterServices.com and WeAreHistorically.com Conscious Human Apparel. Hi, I'm Darius Wilrich. Learn to play jazz piano with my simplified online course, Jazz Piano Pro Essentials. Enroll today at jazzpianopro.com.